What's up, everyone, and welcome to The Dorm Room. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast where we interview some cool people and hopefully learn some cool things along the way. Let's get into it. All right, what is up, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Dorm Room. Today, I am so, so excited. We have Matt Choi with us, who is a sponsored runner and content creator and we are just we are so happy to have you here matt how are you doing today dude awesome guys looking forward to chatting with you guys and i love the freaking name of the pod the the dorm room i love that dude but i'm excited to be here yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be great yeah so uh why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself uh what you do and yeah hell yeah dude um what's happening guys my name is matt Choi. um i'm an entrepreneur i'm a content creator i'm an avid runner now kind of stepping into the endurance world, but um, I used to play college football. That's kind of like my background as an athlete. And I played up at Monmouth University. I went to a school for business, marketing and management. So I've kind of always wanted to dive into business. Um, And then I I worked corporate America for a little bit first. And then I kind of got into personal training again, which then led me into making more content, which then kind of got me into running as a whole. So it's kind of been a full circle thing for me, man. I never thought I would get into running or even like kind of chat with you guys about it. It's, yeah. it's insane, but um, it's been a really fun ride. And I love the running community and, and kind of how welcoming it is in that sense. That's awesome. Nice. So I guess one of the first questions I'll ask is uh, like, how did this all start? Like with you getting into sports, whenever you were younger, like when did that start and who helped influence you to get into it? Yeah, I mean, sports has kind of been like my whole life. Um, My parents were divorced when I was super young. So I was like two years old. So I kind of always like lived with my mom and my older brother um, and and would just see my dad on the weekends. But I didn't really get into sports until probably like 10, 11. And the first sport I ever played was soccer. Um, My mom just kind of wanted me and my brother to kind of do some other stuff. And honestly, we just had like a knack for just being athletes and like wanting to like be outside and do things like that. And you know, at that point in the, in the early 2000s, like games weren't, they were, they were around, but it wasn't like it is now where it's just so readily available to play Fortnite and to play Call of Duty and all that stuff. Um, So we were always outside a lot. And that's kind of where I spent a lot of my time as a kid. And sports was just something that I gravitated to just because you're around a team, you're around a community. There's a lot of, you know, coaches and like mentors and and role models to look up to. So a lot of my inspiration kind of drew from me and my brother just having like a lack of a father figure in our lives. So then it kind of gravitated us to kind of, you know, really like latch onto sports. So that's kind of how it started after I played soccer, I got into football. And like, once I kind of started succeeding in football, I kind of found a passion there. And I just kept playing, started with flag, then into tackle and then high school and then ended up playing in college. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask, like, so you just talked about your, um, you know, having a passion for sports and everything like that. So did you always know that you wanted to go and play in college or was that like when did you kind of make that decision dude great question um I always like I had this aspiration to go play in the NFL like that was my dream as a kid I wanted to be the first like full Asian American Korean specific um athlete that played in the NFL and like there was a lot of guys that were half Korean or quarter Korean or quarter Asian whatever but a lot of my inspiration started with that dream and obviously the, the proper steps is to, you know, be a good high school student and an athlete, right? Because you have to do both. You have to be good in the classroom and be good on the field. Um, then it's, okay, earn a college scholarship. And I went to a 1AA school. So, you know, similar comparability to what you, where you guys are right now. 
Um, and then you check that off the list. And then obviously you need to have a successful college career to garner the, the, the looks from the NFL or any professional league. Um, and that's kind of like, that, that was always like a dream of mine. And even though I didn't end up hitting that mark of like going to play in the NFL or even getting a chance, um, obviously just taking it to college and playing, being a four-year student athlete, like guys, there's so much that you can learn from being a part of a team. And it's things that, you know, no teacher, no classroom can teach you because you're putting yourself in the environment to kind of figure it out all, along the way. And I think I would always suggest someone to always be involved in sports in some capacity because you're going to take so many life lessons with you. I would completely agree with that statement. That's um, like, I've seen a lot of people that could have gone and played sports in college, like maybe even D1 and D2 stuff like that, but they just chose not to play sports and, you know, just go to uh, just, just for school, which is, which is great. Uh, but like, I would always be like playing sports would be one of the top pro- or one of the top things that I would love to do. And it would make it, I feel like a lot easier with having a built-in friend group. So hundred percent. It's like, yeah. an, it's like, it's like your own fraternity, right? It's like, yeah. You yeah. Have your, you have, yeah. Like you have your buddies, like you guys have your track team, like you have the cross country, like all that stuff. Like it's, you create your own bond within the, the, the team in that sense. And it's uh you learn a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's definitely been something for us at least uh, being here for the first time. But I think like, as we said, like a lot of, a lot of lessons are learned because of the, the team building community. Do you think like that discipline, um, like through being a college athlete has kind of helped you stay disciplined when it comes to your running right now? Dude, 100%. It's even, it's even made it like it improved my discipline. Like, think about this. Like, it's easy to be dis- it's easier to be disciplined when you're part of a team because there's people relying on you. Yeah. Right. Especially in football. Like, it's not like a track. It's not like individual sports where even though there's a like a team element to it. But when you guys go run your race, like you, that's you like there's yeah. you know, what I'm saying unless you're doing a four by one, a four by four or something like it's you versus you. And I think it's a little bit different when you're in football, where as a receiver, I need to rely on my quarterback and the offensive lineman to block and give him enough time for him to throw me the ball. Right. A lot of things have to go proper. Like a lot of things have to be executed properly for me to do my job when I'm in running now, it's just me. Like no one's telling me to wake up. I don't have a coach that's calling me in the morning, Matt, wake up. You have to go run eight miles. Right. It's just, I, I choose to go do these things. So it's definitely something I got from football, but as I got out of football, I've now almost redefined like what discipline means to me. Right. Because it's, like I said, it's easier to be disciplined when coaches and, you know, teammates and study hall and all these things are required but when nothing's required of you when no one's asking you to do anything can you do it then and I think that's been the biggest learning lesson for me and it's something that I got away from sports I'd be lying if me being a football player me being a student athlete has not helped develop that type of mindset but I'm a firm believer that like the current day entrepreneur the current day creator businessman businesswoman has to have a mindset of an athlete it's almost like a requirement now. And if you don't have that like mindset of like overcoming adversity, overcoming failure, understanding how to deal with admiration and hate, right? All of the things, all the things that athletes have to do, it's now becoming the qualities that make really, really successful entrepreneurs and business people. Yeah, that is, that's amazing. I I have not ever looked at it like that, but that's, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's true. 
Yeah, I really like that like aspect of like you have to kind of look at it from the side of an athlete because you know as athletes we tend to get bad news a lot. Like you know whether it's like missing a lineup or missing a roster or you know not getting a chance. And so you know to bring that into the into the business field when people say no to you, it like makes it much easier and and you become more equipped to deal with yeah. that. And so like yeah, I really like you know saying. That. I, I, yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. Failure is a, failure is a good thing. I mean, yeah. you just like that means like you just gotta keep trying and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess another thing like so you went from playing football to running. Did you start influencing like basically like immediately after football, or w- when did you start like the uh, influencing? Like, yeah, part of- I mean, so what happened was I was like 23, I think 23, 24 when I graduated college. So the first thing I did was I worked a corporate job for about a year and a half. So that job taught me a shit ton of what I don't want to do. Right. And I think in yeah. life that's important. Everyone asks you, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like, what's your what's your career? What's your major? Right. People ask you what you want to achieve, what you want to do. But many times most people don't know. And the best thing you can do as you two, as people listen to this podcast, if you're young, is you should try a bunch of stuff out. Because yeah, yeah. once you at least attempt it and do it and maybe fail or succeed, you're going to have an idea of if this is something that you want to continue to pursue. So for me, to answer your question, like the influencing, quote unquote, didn't start happening until a couple years even after that. Because after my first year and a half, I then moved back home to my mom's place. I was working on a personal training certification, and then I was starting to build out my content. And at that time, I had maybe 1,500 followers just because I played football and I had a a community from that. But no one was really watching my shit. I didn't have a TikTok. I didn't have YouTube. I just had Instagram. And then I just started realizing as I was consuming more content from entrepreneurs, people in the digital marketing space, I realized that, you know, attention is the game. It's the arbitrage that every single brand, business, sporting event anything, anyone, everyone wants attention and eyes on their shit. And the, the quicker I realized that I, I realized that I'm a media company first, mm-hmm. and then I'm a trainer and then I'm X, Y, and Z fill in the blank. Right. But if no one knows about, if no one knows what you do, then how can they ever work with you? So that was always my mindset. So then I started understanding and putting it into practice, yeah. making videos, editing videos, posting videos, getting feedback from my audience, engaging with the community, all these things that I'd never read a book about in college. I just figured out along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as time passed now, I've built a community. I've actually been able to turn this into a full-time career, into a business. But that stuff didn't happen until two years, three years after I started really making videos consistently. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to say all that because a lot of people want to become creators, a lot of people want to have their own business or be an entrepreneur, but very few people want to do the work that's required to actually build it properly. And yeah. that's the thing I'm seeing now. Everyone, everyone wants to do it, but no one wants to do it the proper way of like being patient, staying disciplined, being consistent. The same values that your coaches are preaching to you guys, people mm-hmm. need to start applying into their business or their brand or whatever they're trying to build. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think it kind of like leads into our next question a little bit, just because, you know, you mentioned that this was, you know, you started making videos and then it was, it took two or three years for you to kind of have built this community around you. So 
was it just like that, like a slow grind where you like over the few years had to continuously build this? Or did you, you know, was there a video where that got really big and you got a lot of popularity from like, was there a bit kind of like a big break in your content career or was there, was it more of just like the slow grind that you talked about? A mixture of both. Cause I'm a big believer. Nipsey hustle said it best when opportunity meets preparation. And that's been my game, bro. Like I made videos every single day, made it on Instagram, then put it on TikTok. And at that point I started growing a community and the video that really hit that then started taking waves in my content was I ran Philadelphia Marathon in um, November of 2021, mm-hmm. and it was the first time I made a video of every mile split and talking about my pace, uh, right? No, and you guys, yeah. now I see these videos everywhere. Like, everyone's making those videos, mile one, mile two, and, and it's, it's awesome to see. But that was the first video that I really was like, oh, shit, this has millions of views on TikTok. And then Complex, the Instagram page, the brand, the media yeah. company – they DM me and was like, yo, Matt, we want to repost your video. Exactly. They have like millions of followers, like a couple million followers, whatever. And I'm like, oh shit. This was like hidden in my DMs because I didn't follow Complex at the time. I don't, you know what I'm saying? You you guys know when you don't follow someone, like their DMs don't come into your primary messages. They go into the extra ones. So when I saw Complex and it said like 2 million followers, I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) I responded instantly. Yes, go ahead and repost that. That they reposted that video and it hit like two, three million views on Complex's page. That's awesome. From that point, I think I had like 5,000 followers. <laughs> and in a matter of 48 hours, I think I almost hit 8,000, 9,000 followers. I gained like four, I gained almost 100% of the followers I had at that moment. Really? And that was like the, the big break on Instagram. But that wow. was after, you know, a year, two years almost making content every day. Yeah. So, I say that to say, once again, guys, like there's no secret to this, really. It's just a consistent work, right? You got to work your ass off. And, you know, like I like opportunities get presented. And if you maximize it, if you take advantage of it, call it luck, call it whatever you want. Um, it's just about make, making the most of that opportunity. And then from there, I just was like, oh, shit, started building traction. And people were really invested yeah. and interested in my running um, journey in that sense. And kind of I took the rest from there. That is amazing like that that is that's really cool i mean just like the hard work that like eventually pays off that's that's really cool um i guess we can like start talking more about like your running career uh that you started um when did you just decide you're like i i want to start running like what when did that happen yeah yeah i mean that's that's the first thing to uh start doing so i I agree yeah i agree it's and especially later in life because like guys i played football like all we did was like 50 yard sprints like 110 yard striders like we didn't really enter the world of running miles so for me it's newer um during covid i was reading the book can't hurt me by david goggins okay and you know david goggins is obviously an ultra marathoner a former u.s navy seal and you know a lot of people are like dude this guy's crazy and he is a little crazy and it's kind of why people gravitate towards that type of energy because a lot of people don't know what their true potential is Mm-hmm. And it's not until you hear stories just like Goggins, just like a Nick Bear or Courtney DeWalter or any of these ultra marathoners, they're, they're, they're normal people, but mm-hmm. they have an extraordinary mindset. And I think that's what separates good from great. And that's really what's happening in the world right now. And that's how I got into running. My first introduction to it was reading that book and, and asking myself, 
like what's what's my potential like what, what am i not maximizing right so i started my running journey with a challenge called the mike murphy workout which if you guys don't know it's a crossfit workout and it's a one mile run 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups 300 squats and another mile oh and wow. i did that for 30 days straight one wow. murph workout 30 days in a row Oh, dang. Oh, my. So at the end of the month, I had 60 miles of base building. Mm. And that was like kind of my foundation as a runner. And then from there, I did another 30 day challenge, 2000 jump ropes every day for 30 days. And you guys know running is like plyometrics. It is plyometrics. That's exactly the same simulation. Hopping, pogo hops, you know, any types of jumps, any plyometric is is one of the best translations into actual running. Mm-hmm. So I did that for 30 days. And then from there, after those 60 days, I then was like, all right, I made a post on my Instagram. I'm like, yo, how many miles should I go run? Four miles or go four plus? Everyone yeah. was like, yo, go four plus miles. So I did like six miles that day. And <laughs> I just kept pushing the envelope of what I thought was humanly possible for myself. Yeah, There was no book I read. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't follow a blueprint or like a program. I just kind of felt it. And I just wanted to see the discomfort or the comfort that I was experiencing throughout challenging myself. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah. And I think that's really good because, you know, a lot of people tend to want to quit running when they like, because it's not enjoyable to them when you just follow a schedule. And so like, I think that's really cool what you did because like just going by feel like helps you enjoy the sport so much more. And like, as when you look at it as like a personal challenge and just becomes so much more fun. Like when we race, you know, if we focus on times or like, you know, what we want to do, um, you know, a lot of the times we stress out, you know, when you, when you just kind of embrace the challenge and want to beat people, like it becomes a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why the, the, you know, so I think that's, I think that's a lot of fun. No, yeah. I agree. I mean, I think it's anytime you're doing things competitively, there's always that element of like, I need to be faster. I need to beat this person. I need to hit a PR. But for most people, like if you're not competing competitively, like most, this is where most people get it wrong is that they're trying to compete against the world instead of competing against themselves, Mm -hmm. right? And when you're in your guys' position, yes, you need to beat other people. But if you're not clear in your own mind of how to be the best version of yourself, it doesn't matter what they're doing, right? Because you're not going to show up at your best. And I think for the person that's listening to this and, you know, the person that's just getting into running and they're starting their journey, like understand that, like, don't look at what influencers or professional runners or, you know, college runners, what don't look at their times and what they're doing. Just focus on what you can do and start there and let that be the confidence builder to then keep building on top of it instead of trying to build on top of what someone else has done. And I think that for me has been the biggest learning lesson. It's I'm never comparing my things to anything, anyone else. I'm only comparing it to myself. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, and just having the uh, the mental ability to be able to do that is also like it takes a while to even just build that. How how long have you been running now? I, I would say I've been I've been running probably for like two years now, like yeah. proper running, like two yeah. two years. Have there? I was just curious. Has there ever been a time that you've thought about like hanging up running or like you know? Yeah, not. I it, there hasn't been a thought of it yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's good, which is good. Um, but there's obviously moments where I've dealt with like a lot of overuse injuries and like shin splints and plantar fasciitis. And you guys know that shit. Like it's just annoying, like nagging stuff. Yeah. But 
there's there there hasn't been a part of me that's like oh i'm gonna do this marathon and stop you know like i just yeah. i love the challenge because like running is one of those things where so many people are like oh you run while you're young because your knees are gonna be jacked up and i'm like are you stupid like if you look at the people that do ultra marathons these guys are 40 50 60 yeah. 70 sometimes like this is not a sport that just you do in your prime like if you yeah. keep your body um um if you keep your body in shape if you take care of your body if you're sleeping and you're taking care of nutrition like i'm a firm believer that running is something that everyone can do and they can do it for a long time but very few people do the proper work to like actually take care of the maintenance and do the things that they do they need to as they get older because obviously as you get older your body does not repair itself as well that doesn't mean that you just completely shut down and fucking stop moving like i'm just not a believer in that like ultimately i want to keep challenging myself until like i till the wheels fall off and yeah. whether that's at 100 years old at 110 years old like i want to keep trying to run marathons and ultras and just challenging myself i think the biggest thing i learned and this is something i got from blue zones which is a book and yeah. this book basically talks about areas in the world where people live up to 100 they're called centenarians and in America, there's only one blue zone. It's in California. It's a seven-day Adventist. It's right outside of LA, maybe like an hour south of LA. But the other blue zones are all are across the world. There's like one in um, uh, the Mediterranean Sea. There's one in Okinawa, Japan. Um, there's only there's six blue zones. Long story short, there's a doctor that studied these people to figure out how they were able to live so long, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about countries that don't have as much of uh, advancements in technology and healthcare as America does, but these people still had longevity. And some of the biggest things were not just nutrition, not just sleep, not just movement, but mm -hmm. it was building community. It was having a sense of purpose. It was moving your body as you continue to get older. So many people stop moving. And that's partly why it's like that old saying, once you stop using it, you lose it. But yeah. there was a lot of things in this book that I was like, it opened my eyes up of like, this is how I want to live, right? Yeah. A lot of people in America, they want to retire at 65 to do what? To kick their feet up on the beach, yeah. to sit around and read a book, to golf every single day. Golf is amazing because it's good movement, yeah. but there's no real reason to wake up. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that I really want to challenge myself. And in addition to challenging people's mindset around retirement, if you truly love what you're doing, like it'll never feel like, I never feel like I work. Yeah. Uh, honest to God, I never feel like I have to wake up and like, oh my God, I have to go run. I have to go film. Like, yeah. of course there's days that are long, but like, that's just not like the, the process of it is not work to me. And I think more people need to find that so that they can live longer and healthier and happier lives in that sense. That is insane. Like, I can't even believe, like just talking about those blue zones, that blows my mind. I didn't even know that anything like that could exist, yeah. but I mean, I have to say, just from like hearing you talk and everything, it is, I mean, and seeing all your uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram and everything, TikToks, I'm just going to say this. You are like one of the nicest people I've ever met <laughs> and one of the most like, like motivational people. I like, I, I can't, I, whenever I was watching your videos, I was just like, what in the world? Like, this is insane. And like the fact that you like responded to us, like we, we literally just started this podcast and the fact that you're doing this is just insane. I was just saying, like, where did you, where did you learn this? Like, or like, how did, I mean, this, it's just, I don't know. I feel like some people like you don't come often. So where, where did this, how did this happen? I appreciate, I appreciate that, bro. I really do. Yeah. Um, 
a mixture of places. You know, my mom really instilled a lot of self-esteem in me as a kid. And like, she never made me feel like I would have to like do a certain thing to kind of get praise from her or from anyone else. So I think that's kind of the foundation started there. But as I've gotten older, I've kind of used that, that strength and turned and made it my own. And I started educating myself from the smartest people in the world that I, that were doing the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And like Gary Vee is a great example. Jesse Itzler. Um, a lot of my quote unquote mentors are people that I just read about are people that I looked up to from social. Same thing from you guys. Like you guys yeah. shoot a DM to someone. You don't know if they're going to respond, but if yeah. they do, that's a blessing. If they don't, it's still a blessing because you shot your shot. Yeah. So a lot of what I've been able to learn and, and, and the human that I am today is a mixture from my mom and from mentors and people that I've absorbed from. But I think part of it is too, is just me as a human Like I see this world as an abundant world. Like for me to come on a podcast with you guys, it just takes time out of my day. It's not like I'm like my business is going to suffer now that I don't come on this pod. Right. So for me, I love just giving back. I've gotten to get game from a lot of people that I've respected that now I used to look up to. And now I sit at the table with. Right. Mm -hmm. And like that feeling, that amount of um, gratitude that I have for where I sit right now in addition to the people that have helped me along the way, I only feel like it's right to give back to the next generation or just to have a conversation, right? Like I didn't know what to expect with this pod. I very rarely prepare for any podcast because everything is straight off the dome. Like I'm not making shit up. Like this is just my life. This is how I remember it. Obviously, as I've gotten older now, there's there's maybe details of certain things I don't always remember, but the hierarchy of my story, I just, it's, it's hard for me to lie about. It's hard for me to make up. It's yeah. all just truth. Um, but that's kind of my answer. I think it's a mixture from my parents, a mixture from mentors that I've, you know, kind of looked up to in this space. Um, in addition to like, for me, being a good human is just like a prerequisite. I don't want to be associated with people that are not quality humans. And like, that's kind of just like a standard. Like, if you're not a good person, I just don't want to really chill with you. I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want to spend time with you. So I only try to surround myself with quality human beings that are positive, that are, you know, pushing themselves. And as you continue to do that, guys, in your guys' life, you'll quickly realize that you don't want to hang with average people. Like, and that's just the truth. And I want to help people that might be average or might be on the brink to elevate them to be fucking extraordinary. Because I think every human can do it, but Mm -hmm. most people don't believe it themselves. And that's why they don't attempt it. They don't even try it. They don't even, they either don't believe in themselves or they haven't heard it from anyone else. So it's not even a thought that gets, that enters into their programming. And that's kind of what it is. And I think our brain is just like software guys, what you consume, what you read, who you listen to, the interviews that you have, you're downloading new software. And the more you can do that in a positive way, the better your guys' future and the better humans you guys will become. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely agree with that. That's, that's really, really awesome to hear. And, um, you know, I mean, I think like we, I've seen you interact with the running community on videos and like you, obviously we, everyone appreciates the fact that you respond to comments and um, stuff like that. And like, do you think, do you think like the running community that like, because I've seen you in a lot of videos talking to people and stuff like that. Do you think the running community has helped you continue to be positive and you know like what is what have they what have they done for you 1000 percent, dude like it's it's a special community because you know as a football player you don't really enter the running community 
like you just don't like it's not even something I would even see. I would see like friends that were on track, maybe go watch them run a 400, 200, 100. But I'm not going to watch someone like run a marathon. I never went yeah. to a marathon until I was 27 years old. Like just a year ago, I went to my first official marathon. Right. So I never understood what that community was about. And once again, like even to what I said earlier about trying things. And this is why it's important to always be curious. Mm-hmm. To just try things and put yourself in different environments because you just don't know what you don't know. And it's not until you get that perspective, you're always going to have your jaded point of view of, oh, runners are this, runners are that. So to answer your question, I mean, the running community has been such a positive impact in my life. And they've been super embracing of me. And obviously, I've come in at a different angle as also a creator, as a former football player that's now almost you know turning into a runner. Yeah. But the amount of people I've met other runners, other um, clubs, communities, it's always been positive. So that's for like for me, it's just easy to kind of spread it back and, and make it like a reciprocated thing. I feel like that that's just something that uh, runners can do for everyone. I mean, if you're a part of an organization, it's like everyone's going to try to lift you up. I guess you, you mentioned about like your first marathon um, was like a couple of years ago. Like, how was that for you? Like, when did you also, when did you decide to like, you know, I'm going to run a marathon because I mean, I don't know a lot of people that like, just go out there and have that mindset. Yeah. So the first marathon I ever did was my 26th birthday, which was in 2021. And like, to your point, bro, like that face you just made, um, I wanted to run 26 miles on my 26th birthday. Yeah. And I figured that, you know, running a marathon just makes total sense. Like Mm -hmm. it just was a good way to celebrate the new year, challenge myself, learn something new. Um, so that's kind of how it went, but this was mid COVID. So my 26th birthday, like there was no races. There was no freaking like like bibs or uh, freaking water stations. Like I just literally found this course right around my house. That was like a 1.5 mile loop. And I literally just ran around that loop like 23 times, however many times it took to equate the 26 miles. And that's how I completed my first marathon. And it took me three hours and 55 minutes. And honestly, I had no plan, no coach. I was just like, let me just figure this out. But before that, guys, a couple of weeks prior to that, the first time I ever attempted a marathon was just like a summer day. It was like maybe three, four months before that. I literally got a new pair of Nike Pegasus shoes. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and try to run as far as I can. And let's just see how far I can go with no food, with no water, with no gel packs, with no nutrition. And this was at eight o'clock in the morning. And this was like a humid ass day in Maryland. (laughs) basically I ran to my high school which was a half marathon away and I try to come back I only got up to 18 miles and I had full body cramps in my quads calves and hamstrings and I could not run anymore it like was like it was severe pain to run and (laughs) I had a friend to pick me up because I was getting like I was super dehydrated got heat exhaustion like just like completely burnt my system 18 miles with nothing. Then three months later, I then did it on my birthday. I brought gel packs. I brought waters. I brought coconut water. Mm-hmm. I obviously planned a little bit better because I just, you know, did some homework. I say that to say so many people want the answers. How do I, what shoes do I need? What insoles do I need? What shorts should I buy? What this, what that, what watch, what GPS system? In reality, guys, all you need to do to start is just to start. 
Mm-hmm. You need to get out of your own head and just begin your journey. And like, that's what I tell everyone so many times, but people don't want to really hear that. They want the secret sauce. They want the program that I follow to build up to what I've been able to do. But so much of my journey, guys, has just been testing shit. I just want to challenge myself to see what I'm capable of doing. And then when I then start to do research and I do some homework about how to actually optimize the body and keep it efficient in heat, in cold, in, in all these things, that's how I've learned. I've learned always by doing. It's never by reading a book. It's never by listening to a podcast. Those things are a great way to gain knowledge. But at some point as human beings, you need to put that knowledge into practice, start to fail, start to succeed, start to feel what this stuff feels like, because ultimately that's how you're going to learn best. That is, I mean, that is amazing. I, I, I swear, every time you finish an answer, I always say that's amazing, but like it really is. Um, but that. That is is really cool. Um, I honestly, I we, I don't, I don't think we have a lot of time left. Uh, but I do want to ask a couple of quick questions. Go for uh, it. Go for it. We got five minutes. Go for um, it. All right. So, what are your favorite shoes to wear on your run? That's a great fucking question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> recently, it's been the Nike Pegasus Next Nature, which is the newer model of the Pegasus shoe that they're using a lot less material. But that's been like my favorite daily training shoe I've been wearing. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. Are you a big Scooby-Doo guy? <laughs> uh, I I mean, used to be, but not like currently. I don't, not as much, but like <laughs> I watched that as a kid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of what I meant. Like, did you watch it when you were younger? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, and then have you ever been to a Bucky's? I like, have been to a Bucky's a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Going to Houston to, to Austin, I, I stopped by when I yes. can. I was actually pissed. My brother and my good friend Derek were in town for the Houston Marathon. And we wanted to stop by one of the big Bucky's, but like we literally just passed it and we were already on the highway and we couldn't stop. But yeah, unfortunately they didn't get to go. But okay. Bucky's is sick. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, and then what's your, uh, this last question. Uh, what's your favorite um, pre-race meal to eat? I typically don't eat much before races, but if I had a choice, it's typically going to be a PB and J or PB and honey. Okay. Um, I'm super simple. I love, I like sandwiches. I eat them a lot as a kid. Um, and it's super simple to kind of eat and digest. Nice. That, I mean, that's cool. Uh, I just, I don't know. In, for, in my opinion, I love eating uh peanut butter bagel. So that's kind of like, I guess a little yeah. simple. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to ask quickly. So, um, you know, what, what's like, you obviously you travel a lot. So what's like, do you think it's your favorite place that you've been to? Hmm. That's another good question. Um, in the United States or just like internationally or, um, Ooh, we can do international. I yeah, like that I as like well. That. Mm-hmm. So, uh, honestly, I would say internationally, I, ha- I actually have not been traveled as much the past couple of years because of COVID and, you know, yeah. prior to that, I was kind of just working. So, you know, I've been to Korea, but not since I was seven. So it's been a little while. Um, internationally, I actually have not traveled too much. I traveled more as a kid. So I'll give you an answer for domestically. Um, I really enjoy Austin. Like, really? even though I live here, I love it in Austin. Even, I travel to LA, I go to New York, I go to Atlanta and, you know, a lot of major cities, but I've really enjoyed coming back to Texas. Um, so that would kind of be like a safe answer, but a secondary answer, I think I also really enjoy the Pacific West. Like I was in Seattle and Seattle was sick. The weather was beautiful in the summer. And I know if you're from Seattle, you're going to be like, yo, it rains like 300 days of the year. But the, the, the week that I was there, it was freaking beautiful. So that's my answer. 
That's the one day cool. it doesn't rain. It's the one day. Perfect. I know. Like the one couple, like four days it doesn't rain. It was perfect. That's awesome. Exactly. Um, and then, okay, sorry. So do you have any like funny like pre-race rituals or do you have like any cool pre-race rituals that you go to? Nothing crazy. I mean, I'm a big coffee guy. I love drinking coffee in the morning. I mean, honestly, guys, I'm not like, I just have my normal routine that's just every day. It's not a pre-race thing. It's just what I do because I'm very routine. I just like having my schedule and my habits. So there's nothing special I do on race day. But I honestly, I enjoy talking with people before the race. And like, because like, I think so many people build up the anxiety and the pressure of like, you need to go hit a PR, stay locked in and all this shit. But personally, I love interacting with people, like whether it's the guys like you or people that follow me or strangers, like just interacting with other runners is is what I really enjoy doing prior to the race. But, you know, there's nothing like set in stone of like, I have to do this or I feel like I'm not going to run fast. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that's all the got- time we have. But. You know, everyone, thank you so much for listening. I've absolutely loved this yeah, conversation. This is by far the like best thing I've done. Uh, this, I mean, probably this entire month. Uh, so, I mean, th- this entire year. That's right. yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It was really fun chatting with you guys. I really appreciate you, you doing so this. Much. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of The Dorm Room. Stay tuned for the next one. Thank you. Bye.